0: Welcome to FAIR Podcasts. On today's FAIR Podcast, influential policymakers were joined by a key elected official to discuss how they are making
1: a difference in the quest for better immigration controls. Let's start the show. Hello, this is Robert Law, FAIR's Government Relations Director, joined today by Representative Steve King. Congressman King currently represents Iowa's 4th Congressional District, and before redistricting, represented Iowa's 5th. The Congressman sits on the House Judiciary Committee, where he is a leading voice on immigration. FAIR's membership knows Congressman King well as a staunch advocate against illegal immigration, but he is also committed to reforming legal immigration so it serves the national interest. Congressman, thank you for joining us today.
0: Well, thanks a lot for having me on, Robert. I appreciate the chance to have this discussion.
1: Congressman King, uh, earlier this week, the House Judiciary Committee held a hearing on the EB 5 program, which is basically a program that sells green cards to foreigners who have uh, at least $500,000 or a million dollars to invest in businesses here in the United States that supposedly create at least 10 jobs. Uh, as we've seen since this program has existed, it's been filled with fraud and abuse, and we're not actually getting the economic benefit that we're getting. Uh, what did you learn from the hearing, or, or what have you uncovered over your time in Congress about the EB-5 program?
0: Yes, Well, the, the hearing brought out, I think, as fact, many of the things that I had been hearing and picking up about the EB-5 program. Um, one of them is that a hugely disproportionate share of the EB-5 visas are you'll go to China. And that's just ramped up in the last year and a half or so into a high number. And so it looks like the, the, the nation state of China, which uh, controls a lot of things that goes along with their people, must have kicked in some kind of a policy that we can exploit this EB-5 visa. And for an investment of a mere $500,000, we can select our Chinese individuals that we want to send into America and put them on a path to citizenship. And I think it's just foolish for a nation like the United States uh, to be selling that path to citizenship. And I remarked in the, my concluding comments on that hearing uh, that, um, that there are there are well, some we had also a testimony that there were a couple of similar product uh, proposals like EB five in other countries where they're getting two and two and two and a half million dollars uh, for the for the investors visa. And I, that looks like we're selling citizenship cheap. But I want to reiterate, I don't believe we should sell citizenship at all. Um, it should be precious, and it should go to those those that are born here to legal parents uh, or those who are legal immigrants that come to America that want to embrace our culture and civilization on and, uh, and a process that we need to set up, which would be uh, established on merit. And so the corruption in this is... Um, is, is very high, and I mentioned it also uh, during the hearing that I had gotten a plane ride with, uh, with an individual who was telling me about his EB-5 venture, putting together 60 investors to build a $30 million hotel, and amazingly, he had 60 Chinese, each with a half a million dollars. And, and I listened to that, and I thought, do we need that hotel? Uh, if we need it, the, the market will demand it, and the hotel will be built. Americans will find the capital. And if we can't, if we don't have enough capital for investment in America, that we have to sell citizenship for investment capital, uh, then we should look at the trillions of dollars that are stranded overseas and uh, of U.S. money that's stranded because of the tax implications and figure out a way to repatriate U.S. dollars back into America. So that's, that's a lot of it in a little bit bigger than a nutshell, Robert.
1: Great, absolutely. And, and the selling of visas just seems to be so contrary to American values. Uh, there are some current proposals, including a, a proposed regulation that would attempt to enhance the program and prove it, try to end some of the fraud and increase the capital requirement. But really, it does seem insufficient and the program as a whole just is not functioning properly. Uh, you have introduced some, an important piece of legislation uh, that would just completely repeal the EB-5 program. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Well yes, I've looked at some of the changes that have been proposed and I know that we have some rules that have been written that are uh, uh, they improve the EB-5 program with some of those changes you've already mentioned uh, but my bill is the full repeal of EB-5 and uh, I, I start with this you know, was it wise to start this program and I say no um, it's, it's not a wise program if I had to vote on, if I had to vote on it, if we never had an EB five program and they put this in front of me, I would vote no. And, and then on top of that, knowing what we know about it, just attracts corruption and opens our borders up to people that may be selected by a hostile government and sent here. And then and the uh, the investment, by the way, uh, in the jobs that are to be created, they are not being created, and there's not a monitoring system that gives give us any level of confidence that we really even know. So I just I want to eliminate it, and uh, I want to so I want to strip this visa program down to something that's a lot more manageable. This is one piece along the way to repeal EB-5. There are a number of other things that I would do for repeal. But I think we need to transition our immigration, our legal immigration, and the illegal immigration, and and transition our legal immigration into a meritorious program where we give people... We give people credits for their ability and desire to assimilate into the American civilization and society and to contribute to our economy and our society. And uh, today, uh, the last testimony I heard before the Immigration Committee, uh, depending on the witnesses and their judgment, that somewhere between 7 and 11% of our legal immigration is, uh, has anything to do with merit. And that means between 89 and 93% of our legal immigration has nothing to do with merit. It's um, family reunification, chain migration, visa lottery, those kind of things. So um, EB-5, not necessary. America can raise the capital. It's a very small part of the investment capital in our U.S. economy. Uh, The price we pay for that is we let somebody else decide who the next Americans are going to be.
1: Exactly. And uh, you really hit on a key point with the merit-based immigration system. As I'm sure you're aware, Senators Cotton and Purdue introduced the RAISE Act over in the upper chamber, which ends chain migration. Is there any talk that you're hearing on the House of a companion bill or something similar of a a merit-based proposal so we can completely overhaul our legal immigration system?
0: Well, the merit-based proposal, I don't know if anybody's drafted the bill. I know that several years ago, I had a whole, nearly a drawer full of data to sort through, and uh, I was I was in the process of establishing a more sophisticated merit-based system than we've seen passed in the law any place that I know of in the world. Uh, but uh, in Australia and Canada have a merit-based system. The U.K. was looking at it. I don't think they ever quite passed it. But as I recall, the either the Australian or the Canadian, or maybe even each of them, had five points that they would they wait would in order to decide who could come legally into their country. And they started with age. They want people young. And so their age and education and earning capacity, English language skills, because that's the strongest indicator of ability to assimilate. I believe the fifth component was capital. Uh, how much capital can you bring with you? And they escorted them on those five points, added that up, and the people at the top of the scale uh, were able to go into Canada or Australia. And those at the you know below that, they said no. Um, it's a good start for a policy. I would want to give it more thought than that. I just don't think anybody's written the bill here because, first, we had no prospects of doing anything logically or rationally on immigration with Barack Obama in the White House. And now that that has changed, we are bogged down with some of the, I don't want to call it clutter, but it's... Uh, with Obamacare and and tax reform and some of those issues. So I think you'll see some of these things emerge. Give give us some months to get this behind us, and members like me and others will be paying more attention to the immigration legislation issue. First thing we want is let's enforce the laws we have, and um, President Trump has issued the necessary executive orders for the most part, but he hasn't yet addressed DACA and DAPA those programs need to be ended every day our constitution is violated by by offering and giving granting daca permits and daca extensions the deferred actions for childhood arrivals so uh, that's something that needs to be addressed yet by the administration and uh, a couple of other administrative things but we are not yet to where we're really looking at the immigration legislation in congress because there's so much more on our plate right now and we want to get some clarity with what uh, President Trump is going to do, uh, and we're hopeful that he fulfills all of his immigration policies, not just most of them.
1: Absolutely. And just one last question. Going back to the EB-5 program, the regional center program component is a a temporary program that Congress continues to reauthorize, despite all the fraud and abuse. Uh, It's currently set to expire on April 28th. Has there been talk in Congress about letting it expire, or will it continue to just be reauthorized and allowed to continue to sell visas that do not benefit the American economy?
0: Well, I'm hopeful that we can let it expire, and I'm not hearing much discussion about it these days. It fits in with the broader category of issues that uh, members are just in the middle of repealing and, and hopefully reforming Obamacare hopefully repealing and hopefully reforming. So I'm not hearing that discussion at this point, but it's something that, you know, you put it into my ear, and it's more likely it gets into others' ears just because you brought it up, Robert, and I thank you for that, and I'd be happy to let it expire myself and happy to go on the record saying so.
1: Wonderful. Congressman King, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. To our members who are listening, you can visit his website, steveking.house.gov, and also check out fairus.org for more information on all these important issues that we discussed today. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Robert. Have a good day. You bet. You too. That's all for this episode of FAIR Podcasts. Be sure to click the subscribe button and head over to fairus.org to contact us through email or Twitter at FAIR Immigration to keep you up to date on the latest immigration update and reports. That's fairus.org.